Okay, welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. My name is Calvin, and Jeremy is not here this week. He is gone. He is off of here. It's uh, just me, and I'll be uh, just doing today's show solo. I'm going to be talking about politics and a few other things. Uh, so, um, the Open Road Podcast. This is where my friend Jeremy and I, we get together and we talk about how to find adventure in the everyday life, the not-so-typical ways of finding adventure. Jeremy right now is gone. He's left the country, and he is in Iceland touring around with his lovely wife trying to find themselves, I think was their goal. Jeremy is not very secure, so he said, this is a way I can do it, travel around, touring this island, try and find himself, and hopefully he comes back being a more fulfilled soul. That's his goal, I'm sure. Um, So I'm going to give him a call here in a few minutes and try and connect with him. I'm not sure what the internet quality of their situation is going to be like. Maybe, Spotty, just prepare yourselves for not the greatest connection. Um, Just going to get a little update from him. You know, what he's doing, why he is there, uh, where have they been, have they accomplished anything interesting, what some tips they can uh, can give us, you know, and, and the listeners just to uh, break down their travel story uh, thus far. Jeremy, are you there? Come Calvin, in. Come it, in. It, it, is that you, Calvin? I'm here. Oh my gosh, I'm here too. In our old spot. Where are you? Uh, I am sitting in a guest house in northern Iceland. On top of a geyser. On top of a geyser, which is on top of a waterfall, which is on top of... Um, a glacier. Wait, whose house are you guest in? Um, the, everybody has a guest house here. Oh, and they all just accept guests. They accept all kinds of guests from all around the world. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How's it been going? How's the driving over there? Um, so the trip so far has been absolutely awesome. We're in this sweet little um, Citroën C3 car. C3, P.O. And uh, actually, I'm here with Katie, so she might chime in from time to time, too, if that's okay. Hi. That's fine by me. <laughs> Thank you for your permission. Um, and the driving is is no problem. I mean, it's a sweet little five-speed car. Right. Um, it's awesome on fuel. It's tiny. Um, we've picked up a couple of hitchhikers, and anytime we pick them up, nice. we got to like... We got to like Re-age. jam all our stuff in. They have these massive backpacks, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> Some people actually travel the whole island by hitchhiking. Oh, really? I couldn't. My my anxiety could not handle that. But somehow people are relaxed enough to because you guys on have like for their ride four wheelie suitcases, and it would just be exactly. too much for the ditch. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like because we know we had a car, we like brought a bigger suitcase yeah. and packed as oh, yeah, such. Sure. You know, you like these people don't bring any books. They don't bring any like nothing extra. You know, yeah, minimal. But dude, you would not believe the the ring road in this country. Like it What's is ring road, like the road that goes all the way around the country. Oh, that's called the ring road. Yeah, oh, like I, it I like a that. Ring. It's nice. It's a ring, you know. And like, basically, think of like mm-hmm. the road that you go to Katie's cottage on. Okay. Yep, I'm picturing it. Like, but um, for, so for for other listeners, miles. like not the best road, like chip and tar. Like it like, is paved, but like. Yeah, not well. Like the speed, the, the speed limits are ninety, and going ninety is nice, and because all of a sudden it turns into dirt road, the mm, main road, right? Like around a fjord or something. It's the national highway. 
it's dirt in places. <laughs> and also, Jared didn't mention it's one lane in each direction. Oh, yeah. Right. Of course. Yeah. And are there any lines? Well, not usually. Sometimes. <laughs> are there uh, shoulders? No, no, of course not. It's hilarious. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's this like, it, no, it really is actually pretty amazing because while there are plenty of tourists here, it really feels as though, you know, you don't really bump into that many cars on the road. So right. you're just kind of driving and it's just absolutely pristine all around you. And it's nice that there's not some massive highway that's cruising through the whole country. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, is this often like with is the water within uh, view on the on the roads? Yeah, quite often. So, yeah, so it really is like the outer perimeter of the island. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And so so we, we started in Reykjavik, which is in basically the southwest. And then we started driving east. And okay. there's the the first part is called the Golden Circle. And there's just like a it's basically like this loop that has all kinds of beautiful sights on it, which is why it's called the Golden Circle. Mm. Plus it's really close for like day bus tours out of the main city. So it's like yeah. classic tourist. Right, right, right. Doing the golden circle. And then as you go um, east, there's all kinds of beautiful waterfalls and we're on about day five now. And it's been so cool because every day basically has been like new landscapes. The first day was interesting. The first day was like kind of rolling hills and geysers. And then the next day were like these massive waterfalls off these cliffs. The next day was this crazy lava field in the mountains. And then the next day was a little bit more on the coast with like different mountains. So it's been really cool. You Some people have cornfields. Oh, the glaciers. Oh, the glaciers. Uh, not, not cornfields, no, a lot sorry. of hay fields. I was going to say, some people have cornfields, others have lava fields. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and these lava fields are crazy. So picture, like, the biggest field you've ever seen, just littered with rocks that are, bes- like, from the size of, like, a crate to a kitchen table to, like, a small car. What in the world? And then... And, and like this whole field is just full of these rocks. And then on the rocks is this moss that has like kind yeah. of made a bubble shape over the rocks. So it looks like this like greenish marshmallow over this massive field. For miles and miles. That is bizarre. Like, dude, the sights in this country are insane. And I know that people who have been here will try to describe them or tell people how neat it is. But every single day has just been absolutely awe-inspiring scenery. That's a, That sounds amazing. Um, and I've seen pretty cool stuff, like the Rocky Mountains and, like, different. Like I've seen some cool stuff. They have I Rocky Mountains there? No, like, I've <laughs> like seen the, the Rocky Mountains. the exact same ones we have? <laughs> it's the same, it's the same uh, chain of uh, mountains all the way up here. It just runs under the water. Under the water all the way back over. Perfect. I was going to say that uh, what seems to make it so spectacular is that... Um, it's so different from anything we've seen. Mm, like yeah. right. the the pristine countryside and these weird um, glacial and volcanic formations, like literally like the the weirdest stuff. Like sometimes we'll, we have this like one gig of Wi-Fi that we can use in our yep. car for for the ten days, and so like sometimes we'll like use some of our our prize data to look up like what in the world are we looking at right like, it's exactly. so so unusual to us so yeah question about a geyser i let's you, hear it you guys were at one on the first day and it was sweet is it consistent like you can is it like predictable when it's gonna blow so i've also seen old faithful in yellowstone national park yes. and i think old faithful has that name because it is absolutely like clockwork every yeah. i think it's 42 or 45 minutes 
there's probably a tiny range of a minute or two it goes and it goes Mm -hmm. big that's why it's so famous yeah the geyser we were at goes every five to eight minutes hilarious and differing sizes of explosions so it's kind of like eruptions it's like two kind of smaller ones and then one like massive straight up one is kind of the the way it it was described to us yeah but what one time i saw it go like twice in quick succession like it went like kind of within 20 seconds twice so who knows so Um, it was kind of hard to film and take pictures of because it's it's not like you're like, okay, five minutes is gone. Will it go now? And and the geysers in this golden circle that Jared talked about. And so it is like heavily populated, like multiple tour oh, buses okay. of people Swarming. are oh, yeah. there. And so there's this perimeter around the geyser <laughs> where you're supposed to stand back so you don't get scalding steam in the face, yes. you know? Um, and there's just this like single file lineup of people basically <laughs> around the entire circle. And everybody is outstretched their arm with their phone or their camera like get a one meter closer. waiting f- no waiting for the moment that the geyser is gonna go because you I don't see. know so right, you have right, to have right. quick reflexes yeah hilarious. it's hilarious so, and it is pretty funny to watch everybody experiencing the geyser through their phone and it, like <laughs> it looks kind of sad in some ways but then right um, basically we're doing the exact same thing <laughs> Right, you just got to do it. And I was like, "What would this it. have been like?" Yeah, what would this have been like fifty years ago? Just people just enjoying. How hilarious! The, the first guy to discover that geyser. Ah! <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> um, Serving do you know, the land. Do you know the science those? behind it? What is actually happening, and what makes it do that? Have, was yeah, somebody able to explain that to you? Yeah. So basically, it's the Earth farting. That's what it is—a wet fart. Oh, you're back? I'm back. I'm back. Oh, yeah. So that's what it is. Okay. I didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. I have no... But but I uh, we don't know really. Is it, is it salt well, water yeah. that's popping up or is it fresh water? No, fresh. No, it's, it's, it's a hot spring. I yeah, see. so so all of these hot springs have a pretty eggy smell. They're very sulfuric. Mm. Um, so when Jer says the earth is farting... It really is. He's really, he's really not that far off. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like a it's a buildup of of steam, and then there yep. happens to be like a, a hole in the crust, and when there's enough pressure, it yep. blows. Um, do you know how deep that hole is? Like, could you jump down there when it's not going? Obviously, no. So right at right at the surface, there's like a, a pool of water. So the pool of oh, water is it was probably about as big as a like a conference style ten person round table. Right. So it is like this little pond, seemingly. Yes. And then it just and then explodes. it's kind of bubbling. And then all ah, of a sudden it bubbles a little bit more and then you're like, oh, it's about to go. And then kablooey. But do you think like people would ever like scuba dive down there for like one minute to see what's down there? <laughs> like the water no, is, like, is, is, boiling. Sca- is scalding. It's boiling. Oh, it's boiling. Yeah. It's so very- there's this hilarious okay. sign that says, don't stand too close to the geyser because you will get scalded. <laughs> Quite literally. And we, and, we, and we watched people who were standing in the danger zone and they got soaked. They didn't get scalded, but they got soaked. With pretty uncomfortably hot water. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> but it's cool because as you're walking up to this geyser, you're like looking. There's these little streams that are going beside the pathway. Yes. And like then there's like these tiny little pools that are of like boiling water coming out of the earth. It's the craziest <laughs> thing. You have to tell Calvin about the rye bread experience. Okay. So on our first day on our way to the geyser, um, we, we saw this thing that was advertised. And everything is really expensive here in Iceland. So mm-hmm. this was a... 
a a tourist attraction that was moderately inexpensive and that is $15 per person. Like okay. that's like the cheapest as it, yeah. as it gets. And it was called the rye bread experience where you got to go and see how the Icelandic locals make their rye bread by basically burying it in a pool of the, where this boiling water is it's happening. Mud. It's like mud where the sandy mud. So they get like mud. the raw dough and then they're going to bury yep. it. Yeah. Okay, but, but they, they, it's sealed. It's in yeah, this Yeah, they like, put pot. it in this pot. Oh, Picture okay. like yeah, a yeah. cast iron pot. Yes. Then it's wrapped in plastic. Then the lid goes on. Then it's wrapped in plastic again. And it takes 24 hours to, to cook it. But it's in the earth. Like you literally because dig a hole. Put the, put the pot down there and then cover it with the mud. And because the... It's like it's a similar to the geyser hotspot. Yes. Like the earth is just boiling. It's what did he say? It was like hundred degrees. Yeah, a hundred okay. degrees um, Celsius um, for twenty four hours, and it bakes the bread, and then we ate it. Did you? And you had some. Yeah. We had some. Is it and delicious it and very good. moist? Because there's no way the um, air can escape. It was. It was very moist. It was kind of cakey. It wasn't very bready. Yeah, I pictured it to be cakey. Yeah, and we had this. So the the guy who was our, like, quote, tour guide, was mm-hmm. hilarious. Like, he was just the Joe Schmo behind the counter, like, working his summer job. What was his Taking name? people on this bread tour. Uh, his name was, uh, I forget. It was oh, something great. very Icelandic. Yeah. And picture kind of like a, a, a Viking-ish looking fellow. Mm, yeah. um, Helmet with the he horns t- coming out of it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He kind of takes us out there and, like, he's he's, like, definitely good enough at answering our questions, but, like, I'm like, this is not a tour that is worth paying money for. We <laughs> literally no walked guide. over. No, we walked over to where the pot was. He's like, look, this is where we bury the pot. And then he <laughs> said, do you want to dig out the pot? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. So I'm digging out the pot out of the sand. And then he <laughs> says, and now the bread is done after 24 hours. <laughs> and he's like, we call this hole 1130 because at 1130, the bread is ready. <laughs> amazing. And then we like went and ate some of the bread with butter and we were like, all right, that's what 15 bucks gets you. Get you a walk down to the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, that was and a slice of bread. That's about so right. Did they though. just have hundreds of these holes dug and they're harvesting uh, They them? had about 10 yeah. of them. No, 10 of the holes. 10? Yeah, because there were a bunch where the locals had buried beside us. Oh, really? Um, and so the other thing that was like cool about this, Calvin. Then. Go ahead. No, they were. At, it was like a spa. I see. So they had like the Got spa it. hot pools, so and just then this was on the yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. So pictures. We're walking down this little boardwalk, like a dock that's like over this watery sand, and we're right on the side of the lake. And so you put your on one side. You're literally on this little boardwalk. On one side is the lake. You put your hand in. The water on the shore is like, like ninety five, hundred degrees. On the shore, and then on yeah. the on the shore, and then on the other side is the, like where they bury this stuff in this in the hot sand. Right. So, but it was crazy. Like you look at this vast lake and you feel it, and it's like hot at the shore. It was so weird. It's bizarre. Yeah. Is it it's all like? Earth. Oh wow. Well, yeah. Just. The but earth. the whole lake isn't hot. Like over in the middle yeah. of the lake, yeah. like they said there were still trout living in there, which I was like, uh. I was just about to ask, sport. like, can there th- things live in there? That's such a warm yeah. temperature. Yeah. So like this whole place has me constantly thinking about how I wish I would have listened more in geography class. <laughs> yes. Because it is so fascinating the way it all works. Yeah. Like we, we 
read the full Wikipedia page on glaciers just right. to like remind ourselves how things work because that is another like incredible force of nature yeah. that affects literally everything right uh, in a landscape like whether present day or like historically in an ice age mm-hmm. um and so we just like have been reading about all the different formations that the glacier can create we didn't go on a glacier tour like the, there's a massive national park mm-hmm. basically in the kind of south ish east um corner of of iceland and uh it's i think entirely uh, a glacier an alpine glacier um and uh we you can you can go on tours like you have to go mm-hmm. with a guide so that you don't fall, fall down in a crevasse and, a, and die yeah. right um so it, so it we, would constantly be changing then right exactly oh, yeah. like, like they're the whole, pretty like, dangerous that's right. so cool about this whole like everything is living and breathing like right. the earth is alive here mm. mm-hmm. that's really cool um are, so wait are you guys on track to complete the ring road Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I so, didn't know if you're actually yeah. going to do all the way around or not. If yeah, you were, so it's, here's it's, a question for you. If you were yeah, going yeah. to drive your normal car all the way around, um, how long would it take you with not stopping? Um, I think. From Reykjavik you know what? to I'd Reykjavik. Have to, I'd have to kind of look. Probably 15 hours. Like, no, how, do you know how many miles it is? No, I don't. Okay. But we're basically for 10 days driving 300 kilometers a day. Okay, that's per- nice. So that's kind of what it's been. We're yeah. at, with the place we're at right now. Um, we're staying for two nights, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. So most of our accommodations, like there's shared washroom, and you have your little room, and yeah. sometimes there's a sink in it or not. But this place that we're at, this guy freshly renovated the basement of his house, okay, and basically put three more units in there. And we're the second people to stay in this unit. We got a little Sweet. kitchen, a table, our own bathroom, our own. Obviously, bedroom like we're totally self sufficient. And are they feeding you? Really nice. Uh, we get breakfast every day, and then nice. we gotta buy lunch and uh, dinner. Nice. Um, what's the typical breakfast provided? It is truly typical. Every place has been exactly the same. Really? So you, you yeah. have Hilarious. some cereal. You have muesli. You have yogurt, which comes in like a one liter carton, so you pour it. Um, you have orange juice and apple juice you have sliced meat you have sliced tomato you have sliced cucumber you have some sliced swiss cheese Whoa. some sliced meat it's good um am i forgetting anything cornflakes a pot of rye bread cereal uh, uh, some oh, yeah, places some, some bread and and then also like a selection of jams yeah so like the differentiators have been this one place this lady was really famous for her bread mm. um so she made great bread, and she she also had waffles, and the waffles were really sweet. You didn't need to put anything on them. Oh, cool! Like you know how there's like those basically wafer, like it was basically like a ice cream cone that was thicker, moist, like a oh. waffle cone. Wow, but it was waffle. that's amazing. Yeah, it was a waffle. Why are you, why are you yes. describing a waffle? Yeah, I guess I don't need to it's describe straight up waffle. <laughs> yeah, it was a waffle, but it was sweet. Like I'm used to waffles not being sweet, but not like the waffle out of a waffle iron. No. Um, and so that's been a differentiator at one place. Sometimes there's like more syrups or more jams, but basically it's the same. So I have my nice ham and cheese bread every morning with my tomatoes and cukes on the side. And, and I it's have great. my muesli and my yogurt. Oh, everywhere has coffee and tea. We didn't say that, mm. but yep. it's a given at yep. breakfast. So um, did you guys have one like place that you were really, really dying to see in planning this? And have you been there yet? 
Um, it was interesting. So we basically got to Iceland at like five in the morning, Icelandic <laughs> time, having like not slept on the plane a wink. We're four hours ahead. So we basically gave up our night. Right. And we were like, we got to stay up as long as we can. Plus, we couldn't get into our guest house until two o'clock. So by the time we got into the city after getting our bags and stuff, it was probably like seven o'clock. So we're like, we have five hours we got to kill. And those were so hard because we were so tired. Well, yeah. and also like what you like, we were literally dropped off somewhere in the city. Yeah. We, we had a paper map. Like our our phones are no good here. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're, we're not paying for them to be any good. Um, and so we're like, uh, like, where do we go? Like, you're trying to find the here? office, right? The, the little tourist office? Well, no, we, yeah, well, stuff? kind of. We were just trying to find something. And it Anything. was, and oh, it was super, it was super interesting. So we could drop our bags off at, um, at the little guest house, mm-hmm. but they basically shoot us out really quickly because it was seven o'clock. There was no lobby to sit in. Or yeah, and there's no lobby. Like you walk into a, up, a up some stairs into a guest house, and then like it's to your room. And the one thing we found about the city, Calvin, is the biggest city in the entire country. Yeah, it does not wake up until like eight o'clock, eight thirty. That's hilarious. Like the cafes huh. didn't open until seven thirty. Really? Yeah. So we're walking around, and we're like, "Why is that?" There's it is like completely asleep like it turns 7 30 we like walk past a cafe it's open we're like oh perfect it opened four minutes ago (laughs) (laughs) it's barely open and then we spent like two hours there basically sipping on some coffee we we pulled we pulled out like all the materials that we'd been given like we have a road alice and this map oh yeah itinerary and um like basically a list of all the sites in the country and like a description and then phone numbers of places we were like trying to like digest all this literature yeah um so we spent a couple hours there just like getting oriented and trying to wake up yeah and it was only at that point that we really said all right here's a bunch of things that we want to see yeah so that's the answer to your question is we kind of came and had no idea right yeah because our june was so crazy with katie finishing school and then with the move as as you know so we didn't really have a lot of time to research what we were getting ourselves into Hmm. but um it's so it's been fun to kind of figure it out along the way and now we're really proficient at reading the map and understanding (laughs) what road signs mean and where the good things to see are and who to talk to and it's kind of been fun in that way to come in blind and and feel like now we've actually learned quite a bit about the culture and about how things work and about where to go. So it's been cool. Is it pretty tough? Uh, like, is there language barrier? Zero barrier. Everyone Zero speaks barrier. English. Interesting. So some people are not quite as good, but mm-hmm. English is basically their second language here and everyone yeah. knows it really well. Oh, so that's convenient. It's been good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so what's the plan for the rest of the day? It's 5 p.m. there? 6 p.m. Yeah, just after 5. So after we had five. an awesome day today. We are in the north, and we just went to one of the the a, a classic town called Husavik. Husavik. And this is a big, big-time whale-watching town. Oh, no way. Huge whale-watching town. Um, Katie and I had both seen whales. Katie grew up, obviously, on the west coast. Mm-hmm. So you've seen she whales, whales every day. Yep, <laughs> they're in my backyard. I've been whale and watching you, with Jared, my family. And you, grew up in Texas. Yeah, exactly. So a different so. kind of whale. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. No, so I've seen whales on the East Coast. So we didn't necessarily want to go whale watching, but the whale watching company also offered a sea angling tour. Go on. So can can we walk you through the sea angling experience, Calvin? Yeah. Because it's fresh. It just happened. Okay, let's go. So yesterday I called the sea angling company mm-hmm. or the, 
the whale watching company to book my sea angling. They didn't answer the phone. So later that night, we booked the sea angling tour. We, we send in our confirmation. We get a confirmation email back that says, no problem. You've signed up. Pay us when you get here. Fine print in the brochure. Boat will not go out unless there's four or more people. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so we were kind of like, oh, I hope there's other people who want to go. So we wake up in the morning. We got our email confirmation. So we're like, we're good to go. We drive up there. It's about half an hour from where we're staying right now. We walk up to the ticket booth and we're like, hey, we booked the um, booked the tour. That should go out at 11. Uh, we're just here to you know say hello, see what we need to do. And basically... Um, they're like, there's not uh, two other people, so it might not go. And uh, we're like, right. Oh, this is awful. So sincerely now, disappointed. Yeah, yeah, sincerely disappointed. So they, the the lady is is pretty apologetic, and she basically says, "There's this other uh, person who was interested in the fishing, so uh, we'll give them a call, and then we'll give you guys a call mm-hmm. if if they're gonna go." Um, but the captain's out right now, so it's not going to go at 11. Right. It'll, it would go at 12. So we're okay. like, okay. Now, though, we're debating. They're like, you could go if you pay for four people. Oh. So now we have this massive dilemma where we're like, we really want to go fishing. It's gonna. We were really excited for it. We've been looking forward to it for the past four days or like since the whole trip since we decided to go. Is it worth it? Is it a YOLO moment to pay for, for two people that are not on the trip. Yeah. Now, how much is it? Break it down here. 155 bucks a person. Canadian dollars. For three hours of fishing. So that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so it's going to turn from like 300 into 600. So we're like, yeah, I get that a full day charter would be like $400. So it, like in some ways, it's maybe almost worth it. Right. We're only here once and we really want to do it. So this is the internal battle that we're having. Mm-hmm. So we, oh yeah, we know we didn't, what, what did we do? We went and moved the car? Well, we, we knew we had some, t- yeah, we moved the car. Yeah. And, and then we she went, was like, I'll give, I'll give the guy a call. And then we went for a walk. Yeah. Because there's a beautiful port, like you can go see the boats and like, we were right. just like, let's a nice just, harbor town. let's just think about, think about this. We were a little bit bummed out. So anyways, after about 20 minutes of walking around the city, I go back to check in to see if they had called the person. And basically they're like. Yeah, the other people are on their way. They're excited to go. <laughs> and they never I called was like, you back. No, they didn't call me or maybe I missed <laughs> I the call. I don't even think they had know. time. We maybe they didn't have time. But okay. anyways, I was just like, Katie was across the street taking some photos. So I walk out of this little ticket booth, give her the big thumbs up. Sweet. And, That's a good uh, feeling. And so that was like this huge like sigh of relief yeah, that big these win. people were willing to go. And so, you know, about, you know, we, we went to a cafe, had a bit, bit more to eat before because mm-hmm. now we had about an hour and a half to kill. And when we got down to the docks, we were introduced to our Portuguese uh, guide, Ricardo. <laughs> okay. From Portugal. Who was uh, from Portugal. That's who's amazing. like a... Fresh, fresh off the boat. Who <laughs> was awesome. And, um, and he got us all suited up. And then about five minutes later, our... our New good friends who saved the day, uh, Randy and Thomas. From Idaho. From Idaho. <laughs> Randy being being the father, a true all-American man with his son, uh, Thomas. Like, picture a classic American from Idaho. Yep. That was this guy. Idaho? <laughs> no, Utaho. <laughs> <laughs> um, little inside so, quip there? Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
It's just a, kind of a common phrase. Okay. Um, do you get it? You to ho. I, I understand. Kind of mean. To, yeah. Didn't know that was just a little, little exchange from you and Randy there. No, we didn't say that to Randy. <laughs> we didn't call him a ho. We just thanked him profusely because he got the call and he was over an hour and a half away and he hopped in the car and With came. His son and drove. And yeah. just bombed. That's amazing. Yeah, which was amazing. And supposedly these guys are pretty avid fishermen. They're used to hauling in 100-pound halibut in Alaska <laughs> and salmon. Wow. And they were, like, pretty surprised as well that, like, there wasn't a lot of interest in the fishing. Because yeah. think about it. This is a Sunday in the middle of summer when right. it's high tourist season. And they can't even get four people to go on the fishing tour. Like, come yeah, on. true. So All we right. were very So pumped. you're on the boat. So now we get on the boat. And it's a sketchy boat. Like, like It wasn't sketchy. But it, looked, like, it looked like a, a normal fishing boat. Yeah, but it was I'm for sure that. built in the 70s. Okay. Sturdy. It was sturdy. And like nice diesel engine. Mm -hmm. And we're just on the Love boat it. and we're heading out into the ocean. It's a nice overcast and like no nuts too sunny. Um, like great diesel fumes coming onto the boat. Our captain is this, again, classic Icelandic looking fellow, sturdily built. You know, if he had a big beard, he'd be a Viking himself. Yeah. And sure. then there's Portuguese little Ricardo, who's our guide. <laughs> so oh, so he's on there awesome as a, of, as the folks, the hand. And then we get out to the fishing spot about half an hour later, really close to a very famous island called Puffin Island, where there's a hundred thousand puffins oh, flying yes. around it. Yep. And then basically, he were like, "All right, we're here. To, we're here to fish. We're ready to drop our lines in." And so he he starts getting rigging the lines up and uh, throws a line over, and uh, he's like, "All right, first line's ready." You know, classic Randy, great guy. He's a firefighter. Again, all American guys like, all right, ladies first. Katie goes and grabs the line. The line's not even at the bottom of the ocean. She's got the first fish on. Before it even hits. Be before it even hits. I mean, she had the line in her hand for probably 10 seconds. She's got a fish on. It's oh, awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I think I have a fish. Ricardo's right beside me. He like doesn't. He's like, oh, like no, like you just need to jig. I'm like, no, I think I have a fish. <laughs> so I start reeling in, and like my rod is like bending, and he's like, oh, like you already. So I, I reel it in, and it's this massive cod, or like probably like it was massive yeah, it was a big to me, cod. right? Um, so that was awesome to get the first fish of the day. So Katie got the first fish, and then basically. Not 10 seconds later, before everyone else has their lines out, she reels in another one. This time it's a Pollock, which is a cool-looking uh, fish. Mm -hmm. um, and then – you're back, Calvin. I hear I'm you. back. And then, yeah. um, and then very soon after that, she reels in another huge cod. That's amazing. Yeah. It was bigger. A real... So she was nailing it, and she's crushing all of us dudes who are fishing. Uh -huh. You guys haven't caught anything at this point. Um, and then soon after, I reel in – yeah, we hadn't really caught anything at that point. Right. But then uh, then the fish started biting like crazy. And oh, basically, good. guess what kind of bait we were using, Calf? Um, I was wondering about that. I would think you're using um, a worm. Basically, wacky worms, man. Really? That's amazing. Honestly, there's this big fat weight on, yep. on the bottom. Yep. And then there's two hooks or three hooks katie had three on her line and i oh, had two hooks really? on mine with these basically just normal looking worms mine were bright pink and they were just like <laughs> just simple simple bait and you just drop it down to the bottom bring it up a little bit start jigging and just go to town and we were reeling in cod and pollock like it was nobody's business it was awesome that is so fun yeah and there's yeah go ahead knowing now how fun it was would you have paid six hundred dollars to do that for just you two 
So here's the thing. So we've talked a little bit about Ricardo, who was a totally nice guy. And like one thing I asked him, I was like, so are you like an avid fisherman? And he was a whale watching guide in Portugal. And he's like, no, I've actually only been fishing for two and a half months since I started this job. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So he's so, so he wasn't really a pro. No. Now, the Icelandic guy, he was a total pro, but he didn't really speak much. I think he said three words the whole time. <laughs> um. So in some ways, like Ricardo was good and he answered most of our questions. But in other ways, like he wasn't really a true fisher's guide. So if we would have paid 600 bucks, I would have been a little bit bummed out because yes. he wasn't like a true truly educated like he wasn't like offering up info about how the fish work what the bed would like what the what the fish were doing down there mm-hmm. like all like the interesting things that would have a pro guide would have told you right um yeah if he knew these things he wasn't sharing yeah and he definitely didn't because he just <laughs> he was just a, basically a warm body to be the guide <laughs> he was taught how to take a fish off a hook and yeah then went and then put there. a new worm on <laughs> yeah so, I mean, it was, but it was a ton of fun. Yeah, and for sure. There were tons of times, especially kind of near the end, where uh, I was catching double pollocks on my line, which was a ton of That's fun hilarious. to reel up. And I don't think I ever caught a double. Yeah, you did. You did got I? the first double. Oh, I did. Remember you took a photo of it? Uh, yeah, vaguely. So, so okay, so many, give me the so count. Many fish. Give me the count. The count, honestly, Katie had two big cod. I had one big cod. It would have been nice to catch more of those bigger fish. But then with the little guys, honestly, we lost count because how big were the little guys, like pound wise? Um, pound wise, probably three? two to three pounders. Okay, yeah. So little, but really fun. And how big really were the cods? Uh, probably eight to twelve pounds. Yeah, I was gonna oh, say yeah. twelve. And Katie and I will have some on our Instagram. Katie already has one up, yep. but like nice big fish and a lot of fun to 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 reel in. So, so. then on the way back to the <laughs> harbor, you tell this. So this was amazing. So basically it's it's always funny to read the marketing material and then line that up with the experience. So yes. the marketing material promises the the captain will fillet it and then you'll get to enjoy hot right. chocolate and and an Icelandic treat like uh, on the way back. What could so, it be? Right, what could it be? A twisted donut. So basically <laughs> The captain, again, without saying a word, basically starts the boat, fires it into gear, aims it towards where we need to go, (laughs) abandons his post, comes to the back, throws up the sketchiest little table with like one peg leg that you've ever seen. (laughs) Like picture a table coming off the side and then a one peg leg down. This is now his fillet table. And we're on the open ocean, so the boat is rocking back and forth. Yeah, so basically this guy starts pulling out the bucket of fish that we've caught so far, just going at them with a fillet knife, just <laughs> hacking them up into all the all the fillet pieces. As the boat is going down the open ocean, no one is at the wheel. Ricardo is in the base of the base of the base of the drinking bed, hot chocolate, drinking probably. hot chocolate, making our hot chocolate for us. We're watching this guy just hack at these fish like like not that nice of fillets, but just going to town on it like he's been doing it since he was like eight years old. Yeah, the boat is still just driving straight ahead. So it's hilarious. He finishes the job, then goes back to the front. Course We're, corrects. Yeah, course corrects. Throws it. Yeah, no, he course corrected one time mid fillet. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, then after that, uh, again, we got our little hot chocolate and our little donut as we're watching him do the rest of the filleting. But it was so funny just to like like read this picturesque he'll fillet your fish for you in front of you and it's just this guy so going good. town on it just being a fly on the wall seeing how it so all that's unfolds our and now we got some for dinner
All right. How about that? Great little update from Jeremy and Katie. It was nice to have her on as well. Um, sounds like a really fun time they're having. Just uh, I can't imagine a better time of year to be traveling around, um, you know, kind of this maritime island, it sounds. So uh, beautiful. Um, sounds like they're having a good time. Notice through that entire 40 plus minute interview, they didn't once ask me what I was doing this week or, hey, Calvin, How's your week going, man? Uh, that's okay. Kind of one-sided conversation, really. Um, so it that kind of went a little bit longer than I was expected. So I don't think I'll get into much of... Uh, I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about this week. Uh, all kinds of stuff that was on my mind uh, that I researched severely this week. Um, had a new segment I wanted to even introduce, but maybe we'll save that for an upcoming episode. Uh, as I have another solo episode, just myself next week. Um... So buckle up for that. Okay, um, that's it. Um, to follow some more of their adventures, they've been extremely present on social media, mainly on Instagram. So go ahead and just follow them. Uh, you can see all their really quite amazing photos they've been posting. Um, it's been entertaining. I think that's all. Um, next week, we'll see what happens. I'm going to try and get another update from them, see how far around the island, the ring road they've gone. And... Uh, yeah, and just catch up with, with my old dear friend. It's just, it's tough not having our weekly phone call, being able to catch up properly. I feel like he's been gone for months or something. Um, you know, it's just a battle. It's a struggle. Okay, that's it for the Open Road Podcast. Cole, our dear producer, is going to be editing it this week, and I'm so sorry, Cole. This is a real big mess of a file I've cobbled together here. I really apologize for that. All right, a little shout-out to Cole there, and then uh, that's it. Uh, that's enough for the Open Road Podcast. You can find us on our uh, social media, Instagram, at Open Road Pod. Check out our website. We've got lots of cool information on there. And, uh, of course, our links on Amazon. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes to the Open Road Podcast. <laughs>